0: just sounds so obvious when you're saying it but it gives me like i just it gives me a completely new way to see my own product and i'm so glad i chose that it's name because like right now <laughs> <laughs> that's like the most ideal name i could have for this product that i actually need to build right now it's um,
1: wonderful it's like some kind of self-actualization
0: it's like i knew it in the back of my mind that it's important like this yeah. word is important but i didn't fully understand why episode 25 did you realize that
1: uh no i lost count
0: i don't know it's it feels like we did a lot of them but 25 doesn't seem it doesn't feel like a big number
1: it doesn't but we're past that um point uh that downward point that uh where people quit i guess it's usually after like seven episodes or something is the most common oh
0: way past we're,
1: we're way past that
0: um next so next episode it's gonna be half a year right 26 weeks
1: oh my gosh yeah so it's more than it sounds like that actually is kind of amazing and awesome yeah 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 so
0: how are you doing man
1: oh i'm doing good man it's been a week of uh you know one step forward two steps back then three steps forward I don't know what that edits up to, but <laughs> I like, lost track. I guess I, I, yeah, I feel I feel a little bit farther ahead than when I started. Um, I feel actually a lot farther ahead than when I started. So this would be a good updates episode. But the path I took to get here has been not straight. But when is it ever? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's uh,
0: I don't think so. No.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you? I
0: thought it was supposed to be more straight the second time around, or maybe not. It,
1: it is a little bit. I will say this: it, the path maybe isn't straighter, but you, you, you go faster. Maybe you kind of you shortcut things, you short circuit things a little bit faster. You're like, ah, oh, this is not going to go. This is not going to go fast. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna back up. I'm gonna back up the truck. This is a dead <laughs> end. I can tell. I can tell by the way the road is. The road beep, is narrowing. Beep. It's getting beep. darker. <laughs> it's getting darker. Uh, I can tell the owls are making noises like this is not the path to go down i'm going to turn around <laughs> now <laughs>
0: well, i think my my update will basically be another proof that it's not a very straight path
1: <laughs> okay cool well that yeah, sounds so, like a
0: good um, one yeah let's do your updates first this time for a change
1: for let's a do change, maker, Man- always... and then
0: let's do maker manager
1: okay you're telling me to do maker first <laughs>
0: Did you make anything <laughs> this week, Matt?
1: Uh, I did, I did, um, and I I made things. So I I'm bringing back the Stripe integration, which uh, I had very briefly in Summit um, in April-ish. I want to say, and I added it because I thought that I was going to do MRR calculations, um, and you know, with those MRR calculations, basically do what barometrics does ProfitWell does i didn't have those integrations yet and i quickly backed up the truck when i realized that uh, stripe doesn't offer mrr uh, values through its api which i kind of already knew but then i also i suddenly gained a deep appreciation for the iceberg that is calculating an mr calculation correctly based on someone's data and it sounds really straightforward but it's not and i'll spare viewers if you want to challenge me on that send me a note send patrick campbell a note uh, <laughs> I can explain to you how how painful it is to get an accurate MRR number out. So that's that's fine. But what it caused me to do is say, I don't want to go down this path. I'm just going to do the integration with the metrics providers instead. Um, and I, w- but I didn't forget about it, right? Like Stripe is the how many billions? I want to say twenty. It, I know it's mo- it's more than twenty billion dollar valuation at this point, right? It's the it's just massive and it's incredible what they're doing and uh, you know much respect yeah, it's, i mean um, everyone uses them everyone uses them like i, I actually was th- thinking yesterday i was like who would you use if you weren't going to use stripe i'm like braintree ish yeah like but if you're starting a subscription billing i mean if you're starting a subscription company anyway um
0: i think Braintree is owned by so, paypal and that disqualifies they are <laughs>
1: yeah actually uh storm Pulse used braintree back in the day and when we first signed up we were faxing documents to braintree with our like you know bank account numbers and ein numbers and all of that on it just to get approved and it was like either that or authorized.net so uh, anyway um, it, stripe 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 so i didn't forget about stripe i really wanted to do something but i couldn't figure out what to do like what's the value of bringing in stripe data if it's not gonna give me MRR and LTV and those things so what I figured out on the maker side this week is um, I figured out how to bring in your uh, the the lifespan uh, of your active subscriptions and the lifespan of your canceled subscriptions in, in days so like um, how many how many days after signing up to somebody uh, of the canceled subscriptions that you have uh, when do they cancel in number of days since they signed up? I bring in that. And then I also bring in the number of days that somebody who is an active customer um, has been active. And if you do some cool stuff in SciPy and NumPy and other cool Python statistics packages, you can actually figure out the kind of the master graph of your subscription survival data. So, I can draw a graph now that shows, you know, given a hundred new signups for branch and given your history. Now you don't have history. This is not actually very relevant to you. You can, you can estimate it instead. And I can let you model that with, with summit. Cause it's, it's okay if you don't have data, but for the people who do have data, you can run these statistics and I can draw a graph. And what I love about this graph is it basically, it looks like a hammock, right? Like it, it's a hammock that's tied to one tree on the left and then it sags. And then it's tied to another tree, if you will, on the right. And like the shape of that hammock is basically, the, or that sag is the shape of your, of your survival rate of your customer. So it's like if a hundred customers sign up in January, then you have, you know, some people goes to ninety eight, and then eighty nine, and then seventy three, and so forth, and then fifty five, and then six years later, it's like fifty three. You know, like they, they somehow retain like. 50 of those 100 customers for the long term. So that's like one graph. Other peoples that I ran through this in testing have like this incredible drop off. It's like 100. And then in month two, it's like 63. (laughs) And then it's 50. And then it's 53 and 52 and 51. And, you know, eventually gets to 30 or something like that. Um, And like the shape of this graph, this is how you should think about retention. So interesting. Yeah, this is how you should think about retention, not 8% churn of your revenue. Like, that is such a derived metric. Because it's, it's an derived. average. It's an average of all of your segments and cohorts put together. Like, it, it doesn't yeah. tell you any, there's no story in that number no. in, in, at all, right? It's, it's, there's no story. So, what I love about this graph is it is, it's a story of your customer life cycle. It's like, oh my gosh, we're losing. Most of our customers in month one, and then the next biggest drop off is like month six. You mm-hmm. don't see you don't you don't see that if you don't have this graph. So I'm going to bring this to life. I've got it actually. Um, I've got this feature mostly written on the back end, like all the unit testing and functions to to create this uh, data is all done and it works. Um, I started working on front end yesterday ish, and I think it's probably going to go live next week. And, um, part of this is going to be free and part of it's going to be paid. So I am fulfilling my commitment (laughs) to do paid features this month. Um, I think the master graph is going to be free because it doesn't change much. And I feel like charging for a graph that only changes once every year (laughs) is, or, yeah, maybe it changes more in the early days, but I'm not trying to charge early days customers. But for like people who have established businesses, this graph doesn't change much, but it's really, it's really valuable when you see it. But like, to be perfectly honest, you could take a screenshot of it and then just put it on your wall and share it with your team. And it's like, you don't need a subscription for that. But what you might want a subscription for is I'm going to then splice all of that data by month and by year and by account size and by all of the things. So imagine exploring the survival of your subscriptions by each of those dimensions. So now you can say, you know, of our big customers that signed up after the, you know, after the conference that we had, what's the survival of those look like, you know, yeah. versus something else. And like you could, then you can imagine exploring the data and I think a subscription would make sense there. So yeah.
0: So you're chart, you're charging that. them to look into the different cohorts.
1: Yeah. And to segment all those cohorts by interesting timeframes. And um, you could also see how there could be a paid version of this where, I could show you, you know, of other companies that are growing at a similar rate as you or of other companies who have a similar price point as you, you know, here's what their survival curves look like in some kind of aggregate anonymous way. So maybe you could gain insights on like, is this normal?
0: (laughs) Could you also find the interesting cohorts for people like the the different cohorts that have a different curve?
1: Yeah, this is a great I I love this because um, I was ranting about um, customer lifetime value and cost of acquiring a customer. And um, what was the other one? ARPU the other day on Twitter. And my rant was basically like these average metrics are liars. Like they hide really valuable insights. And yet when we chart things as founders, we put them like on our dashboards at the highest level. And you're like, if you just segment your data man things shine through so yes i would love what i want to do is give you the ability not only for you to segment but sure maybe i can proactively why don't i proactively segment by all these common things you'd want to segment by and then say wow you know if you segment by month maybe i can show you that people who sign up in this time of year tend to have a maybe they have a very different survival rate right and that could be for good reasons that you don't understand yet but You know, it's like, Oh, those are the ones that sign up when maybe we're having a sale. So like those actually are bad. Like they don't retain well versus the ones that sign up when I go to these. So I, you know, that's the ultimate vision is like causality, you know, but I'm starting, I'm going to start with drawing these charts, getting them out there and then generating insights for folks. And back to the point, I'm really excited to have a valuable reason to resurrect the Stripe integration. Um, And then from there, sorry, where this is going to go next, and this won't be next week, I don't think. (laughs) Uh, We'll see how much coffee I drink. Well, it's it's Thanksgiving. I'm not going to be working too much. But um, I also have folks using it who want me to bring in, like, invoices and charges and receipts, just some of the other basic billing uh, molecules or atoms that Stripe provides. So there's no reason I can't trend um, those other things, and if turns out that there's interesting trends in that data too, like I know for seasonal businesses especially, um, and businesses that aren't necessarily SaaS, like seeing seeing charges by month or by week or by day in, in a like a statistically meaningful graph is very uh, valuable to cash flow and just understanding like understanding why you just had the best month ever it, it, because like well. Maybe November is always your best month ever (laughs) and I can help you realize that. So yeah, I'm really excited about bringing back the Stripe integration. This was my maker efforts this week uh, because on the manager side, maybe I'll jump into that. um, I was kind of thrown for a little bit of a, of a loop. So I talked last week about how um, I'm I'm working on integrations with bench and QuickBooks and zero and, I was really excited about reaching out to Bench and working with them because they are the startup in this, out of those three, they're the most startupy for sure. Um, and I got on a call with them this week and it turns out that Bench does not have APIs. Um, they, <laughs> wow. they, they have APIs internally, like I'm sure they use but, but they're closed. They have a closed API uh, system. Yeah, so there is no way for me to bring in accounting data from Bench users um there are always ways which yeah there's always ways <laughs> so i use their mobile so app. I do,
0: <laughs> which must yeah
1: be well i mean Sorry. but it is but they yeah i know and that, then it comes into like you know what is are there what do i want to do like do i go down a path of helping users hack their accounts probably not <laughs> probably <laughs> i, I want to stay no. on the in, the in the white i want to stay in the white hat zone um so what i ended up thinking about and this is something that a few um prospects have asked about and i actually have a customer that's sending me this kind of data um basically there's a service called plaid um, p-l-a-i-d um or Plaid as (laughs) that's what i call it (laughs) Um, i know (laughs) played so um plaid is extremely api friendly Uh, i'll start with that um and what plaid does is they're the um kind of successor to yodely if anybody remembers them and yodely uh was what mint used as their back end to integrate with uh bank accounts for consumers so if consumer came to mint.com you know they mint didn't write integrations with bank of america and chase and wells fargo and you know whomever citibank uh there was a yodely integration they could click something it popped up and it said you know pick your bank put in your info boom now you're integrated. Plaid is now the B2B version of this. Um well they I think they're also the B2C version of this, but they're the successor. So what's cool is if you look at Bench, <laughs> uh coincidentally, this is what Bench uses for you to bring in your you know, Mercury Bank or Chase Bank or whoever you bank with details. And um, since cash balance is so important to the modeling that I'm doing, I have people who are already asking if I can just bring in this bank info, um, this would be a premium feature, but, um, I can get a plaid subscription. So I signed up for a plaid developer account and I can bring in this plaid, um, functionality, which is very API friendly. It's essentially, you know, an embed, you put in the embed on your site, pops up a very secure embed and, you know, customer puts in their info and then you just they do all the hard work of like aggregating and normalizing the structures of all this data. So you can just say, like, regardless of what bank it is, really all Summit cares about at this point for, cat, you know, for runway purposes is cash. And then I think I'm also going to uh, maybe look at the last months of transactions and just say, hey, which of these we- I-, I think this one is probably your payroll because it's this biggest or second biggest expense that you have. Like, is that right? And then from there on, I can I can essentially forecast runway pretty well because the biggest stone in the jar is payroll, and then the rest of it is you know contingencies, incidentals, and, and a bunch of other stuff. We'll see how far I would go. I don't want to be a bookkeeping service, and I'm not going to try to categorize this stuff in any kind of compliant control way where it's going like, to
0: make a little note here
1: yeah about well thank you yeah five years five years from now i'm gonna eat my, <laughs> eat my words um but not yet not yet like right now i think because I, I think for the use case i'm i'm going down like the average person doesn't care about those categories it's like i have bench but if i was like hey peter you know you can now i can't you use bench right yeah so um and i do i do too <laughs> so um i am going to eat my own dog food here connect my um i use mercury bank um and aslo, you know, I can connect with those through Plaid, and I can bring in the relevant details so that my cash flow uh, forecasting and runway forecasting in uh, Summit is accurate. And part of the reason this matters, by the way, is um, and I'll just say on this podcast because I, I say it one on one all the time, and maybe this will be more le- leverage. Is like the way Summit works, your cash on hand does matter. Like it's not just a vanity metric like the simulator looks at the cash that you have and kind of tells you if you can afford to hire another person, if you can afford to do paid lead acquisition, like your expenses will get throttled in the in the forecast if you don't have adequate cash. So, you know, I tell people like, I understand you might not want to put a number in there, but don't put zero because <laughs> like companies that have zero dollars tend to not grow very well. <laughs> um, so this to me though, is, is it's a, if I could generalize for a second, like it's a good example of, you know, I had an expectation as a founder that I was going to be able to use this awesome service with Bench. It was going to be this win-win partnership. I'm going to recommend Bench because I think it's a good service. So there's that. And then there's also the integration. And just got totally uh, surprised in a bad way by the lack of ability to integrate. So rolling with the punches, going to go a level, going to go a level deeper in the value chain and just go not straight to banks, but go to Plaid, who goes to the bank's. And I'm really excited because Plaid has like a sandbox account. It has fixtures for all the important data. Like it's, it's like a Twilio if you will, where it's really geared towards this kind of use case. So I don't have to worry about security on their side for sure. You know, I don't have to worry about that stuff in the sense of, you know, I know that I'm getting the enterprise grade solution when it comes to these integrations, um, and is very developer friendly. So, uh, I'm really excited now actually like it was i had a dip in the middle of the week where i was really i went to the rants channel and in, t- in the tiny Seed slack and i kind of went crazy um I, I feel good now where it's ended up so on the maker manager side yeah i feel like it's it's a good week just had to take a turn
0: yeah that sounds cool i i've used plate a few times or plat plat a few times on the receiving end or like at the end as an end user so with bench mm-hmm. i i think probably transfer wise use them as well. It's the same. It feels like the same experience. Like you pick your bank and then your bank account to do like the the wire transfer or whatever. Um, Mm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And it's, uh, you realizing, I mean, you've been talking about it for a while, but like basically quite late that you're going to do this Stripe integration for your financial app. It's kind of like similar to my, um, it's i don't know if i want to categorize as a probably a maker update this week um mm-hmm. i had a big realization with branch um same same sort of idea with something that seemed ca- kind of obvious <laughs> when you realize it <laughs> how much sense it makes um but it, you know it can take a year before you realize it <laughs> um so yeah oh, yeah yeah that happens um that this week, or last week, sorry, I was talking to an agency. And this agency, they, um, they're working with a pretty well known startup. um, And they, so they want to have this setup, basically, where basically, people at the agency do new features. And then people at the startup do basically the code reviews and the um, Q&A. So they want to have an easy way to basically get whatever is on a feature branch on GitHub to a staging site. And right now they're using WP pusher for that, and that's not what WP pusher was built for. So it's not the most ideal way. Um so we talked about how we could get them to use branch. And I've been for at least a week I've been kind of like noodling around like how what does this mean? And with the host that they're using, they only get one staging site. So it's what's the hmm. most ideal way to basically get whatever they want to test on that one staging site that they all share. Um, Netlify has a feature called Deploy Previews, which is an amazing feature where every time you you open up a new branch on GitHub, Netlify just spins up a new site for you for that specific branch. And it's very similar to what branch actually does for uh, the Pantheon integration we have. But these, uh, this agency is not using Pantheon. So, I want to see if I can find a way mm-hmm. to provide and almost as good an experience for people that don't have like unlimited staging sites. And mm-hmm. I, so finally this week, I sat down with one of my friends at my co working space and just like asked him if he wanted to basically help me brainstorm this. Cause it's one of those things where it's like it helps to s- talk about it and like s- say it out loud and then hear what he's saying and trying to explain your thoughts. And it was really helpful. But the thing I realized is, and this is going to sound extremely obvious, but basically branch needs to, basically the main thing in branch should be your branches (laughs) in Git. (laughs) I know. So like essentially (laughs) like when you go into branch, the first thing you should see is a nice overview of all your branches and branch should be the way where you're like, you you manage all your branches and you decide like what to do with them and where to deploy them and like all your different like settings for different branches and it's, it just sounds so obvious when you're saying it but it gives me like I just it gives me a completely new way to see my own product and I'm so glad I chose that that's name because like right now <laughs> <laughs> that's like the most <laughs> ideal name I could have for this product that I actually need to build right now. It's
1: wonderful. It's like some kind of self-actualization.
0: It's like I knew it in the back of my mind that it's important. Like this word is important, but I didn't fully understand why. (laughs) Because right now, the first thing you see is your build pipeline. But in fact, the most important thing is you want to see where all your different, like all the different things you're working on. And you want to like, kind of like organize that and set up different rules for different branches and different deployment strategies and stuff like that. So now my brain has just been on fire for the past few days thinking about this thing. Um,
1: that's so exciting. Yeah. I think that's so exciting. Yeah.
0: Hopefully when I get a little further with this, the way it's going to work is basically in branch, you're going to have an easy way to basically send a branch to a staging site, but also on a pull request. So I want to, I want to build something where you get like a, a big button on a pull request that says test on staging. Cause I think that's exactly what a lot of people actually want. It's like someone goes in, have a look uh-huh. at, a, at a pull request in GitHub and they're like, yeah. I see a, a, like a code diff, but like what's, how does this actually look on a, on a right. site? So I click this button and then it spins up a new build and deploy to the mm-hmm. relevant staging site. And I'm really excited about this thing. Uh, that seems extremely obvious when you're saying it out loud. Um, but it took a year, a little bit more than a year before I realized why I decided apparently to call the name or call branch the, the name <laughs> I did.
1: You were clairvoyant, man. You knew, you knew, you knew. In, <laughs> deep down, you knew. That's great, man. Yeah. That's awesome. It's kind of funny, wow. right? Well done.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, Good. that's, uh, that's basically the main maker thing this week. Just besides a few buck, fixic, buck fixes and tweaks um, on the manager cool. side, I've been talking to hosting companies Um I have a lot of <laughs> business development threats going on these days. I think I spoke to six hosting companies this week. Um so there's a lot of stuff going on. Um trying to make sure I am on top yeah, of well, all of it.
1: How's it going with the new presentation or Flow?
0: Really good. I've I've had one meeting with a person so far that that has like that re- got that presentation before um the meeting started. Okay. And the first thing he said was okay. thank for sending that over. It's really helpful. So, and it basically allowed us to continue, you know, where the presentation ended. Um, so it's that's, much more awesome. like efficient, and it's just it's a nice signal to send. Um, so I have yeah. another meeting um, on Tuesday, and they already got the yeah. the PDF. And it's like with this this meeting, it's gonna be three different people, three different managers in this hosting company. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. only one of them who, you know, there's one person who saw a branch and then talked to me, but there's going to be three people in the meeting. So it's nice for all of us to have this sort of like come like vocabulary and stuff. So, yeah, that was a really great uh, advice you gave me last Good, week. Man. And uh, I, I love the I'm idea. I immediately out. took action. Yeah. So that's, that's cool. Great. Um, the cool. other thing I'm, I have going on with manager stuff is I'm dealing with the most annoying Stripe migration thing. And it even involves lawyers and stuff like that. So it's just uh, it's part. I'm so sorry. It's like you know, moving a product from one, one legal jurisdiction to another one, and that's one part. And then migrating Stripe accounts is another one. But basically, where it at? Where it's at right now is Stripe is forcing me to have, um, basically, sell Branch and WP Pusher from the same Stripe account, and it, it sucks. But they have. Basically, what they're telling me is they made a a business decision that one company can have one Stripe account. So unless I'm going to put WP Pusher in its own company, so basically go through Stripe Atlas one more time, set up a subsidiary of branch, then they can't give me another Stripe account. So this is basically going to mess up all my metrics. Um,
1: I I hope so. There's not there's not yeah interesting. There's not an abstraction between companies and Stripe accounts. Then no like. No, there's
0: just, yeah, I think you can do it if you just set it up on your own, but you can run into trouble later cuz if you go through their actual terms, they say you that th- that's what they say. And if you ask them about it, they'll tell you no. Um okay. And I've had Got several it. people
1: people do it but they're not supposed to.
0: Yeah, I think if yeah. if they actually go through your account, you could be in trouble. And basically what I'm dealing with mm. right now is I have to do this before a certain date or they can potentially freeze my account. Um which wouldn't be too Not nice, <laughs> especially because it's the WP no, Pusher one, no. which is the one that's making money. I know you yeah, <laughs> have
1: revenue flowing. Yeah, yeah, your uh, your, yeah. your money source there. Yeah, what I want to say about um, it is, but you're, you're feeling like, yeah, I don't know. I've been you gonna get done with that. Like you're feeling good about it.
0: I'm, I don't feel good about it, but I feel like I'm gonna. It's gonna. I'm gonna work my way through it. It's been a week already. Um, the thing okay. I want to say is, I'm so glad. I mean, it's frustrating, but I'm so glad it's Stripe I'm dealing with cuz you know Stripe is a pretty amazing company and it could have been a great point just like magnitude worse if it was you know PayPal or something like that like how would you even oh we just close yeah. down the business <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah oh my god but gosh. honestly yeah, like when you get when you get like Walmart. when you get the first email and you realize this is going to involve lawyers this is going to involve like a complicated migration the, your first instinct like honestly i felt sick and I kind of want to share this because yeah. I, I could imagine other people like have the same experience and mm. it just sucks. Like you just freak out and you're like, oh, I'm not going to make it through this. Like <laughs> I've had this conversation with Rob as well. Um, Cause there's been a few times with WP pusher where I literally thought, oh, that's it. This is not like, it, it didn't work out. Like something bad happened and then that's it. But you always, you know, you would find yeah. a way out.
1: Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, so is it what's the timeline on that
0: well i have a deadline you that's you want to say? in like one week so okay. hopefully it's
1: not it's not a long time
0: no i uh okay i looked i you know combed through all my subscriptions and on monday there's there's no renewals on monday for wp pusher
1: there's the day Yep, that's my migration <laughs> day <laughs> it has it has surfaced yep uh so yeah well yeah i'll make my god, way through it but through i want to
0: share it because it's like yeah. it's an experience it's just it's probably pretty boring to hear about but it just sucks and like if anyone else has been in a ser- in, in like similar situation they probably like can relate mm-hmm. to like the feeling of like oh my god i literally don't know how to deal with this like i it just it, it doesn't feel great like you feel like they're very like you're a very small person and they're very big companies and you know
1: yeah you're just in a big hole yeah exactly <laughs> it's just gonna they're gonna throw dirt on top of you yeah, yeah. that's it
0: <laughs> so yeah there's another thing I want to talk uh, about um, you mentioned uh, Patrick Campbell from ProfitWell and he's gonna be our mm-hmm. tiny seed mentor pretty soon in like two weeks or something like that and uh, yeah. I have been granted one of the hot seats for that um, Woohoo. yeah that's really cool because I really I don't really have a pricing model I have one to you right now uh, which is you get there's a free plan that's I mean, that's you call that a price as well, right? So there's a there's a yeah. there's twenty builds for free, and then if you want up to two hundred, it's fifty bucks a month. Um, but I haven't really gone beyond that point because no one's really hit the limit yet.
1: But you're, you're not stressed out beyond that. No, not
0: really. <laughs> yeah. so I, I, well, my I feel like my job <laughs> is to prepare a little bit before that hot seat, and also like mm-hmm. with all the with all the hosting companies I'm talking to right now. I'm kinda waiting for them to be like, hey, can you send us your pricing information so our solution engineers, whatever, know know what your pricing is like if they're like the people they speak to asks about it. So I wanna have like similar to the presentation, I wanna have some, you know, pretty straightforward pricing information that's easy for me to share with people. Um so it's something I need to think through. Um but Mm Before we maybe dive into that, I want to mention, or I want you to talk about something you mentioned on the last Tiny Seed call we had, where someone asked about their pricing model, and basically was gonna, yeah, basically give a very, basically they were gonna pick a very low price compared to what they were aspiring to, um, because they don't feel comfortable about the product they have right now compared to basically their product vision, right? And you has had some thoughts yeah. on that, and basically, I thought it was a very clever way to think about that. Um, sure, sure, yeah. And you want to share yeah, that because share that's that. kind of what you did with uh, Summit in the beginning, right?
1: It is. It is. I yeah. So I w- wasn't new, um, which is probably why <laughs> well, as soon as it started being discussed, I was like, oh, I, I know what I would do in this case. You um, flipped it. Um, so yeah, the, the question was like. Yeah, I de- definitely. Because, uh, you know, you can, you can think of it as, hey, I have a new thing. I, I realize it's not worth a lot. It's not where it should be. Um, you know, uh, kind of rubbing your toe in the ground and and kind of sheepish about it. And I, I told the founder, I was like, look, what what do you want these people to be paying one day? And I think the answer was, let's just actually won't use that answer, but we'll use this generic example. $99 a month. It's like, okay. So, that's the price today. It's $99 a month. And you're going to tell the people that that is the price today, even though it doesn't have all the features that make it worth $99 a month. And you're going to tell them, good news, <laughs> you get a discount for being an early adopter. And you don't. I realize not all the value is there. I think about half the value is there. I think about 80% of the value is there, 20%, whatever it is. But that means that you're on a monthly plan, so you don't have an annual contract. Um, and because you're on an annu- a monthly plan, there's no pricing commitment on my part to keep it to keep that discount alive right so basically the idea is every time you release a new feature that really moves the the needle you know that discount comes off slowly and i wouldn't recommend that you maybe do it that iteratively like hey a new feature so the price the discount change i would recommend that you say look by this date and this is what i did by this date in the future this thing is going to be feature complete and by that date I'm confident that you'll feel that this price is fair. So what we're going to do is you're going to have a discount until that date. And then that discount comes off and then that's the price and get them to agree to that now, because what you're basically, they're not, they can cancel any time. (laughs) They're getting a discount. They're paying a fair price today, but you're absolutely not putting yourself in a situation where you have to sell them again. That's the part I love. Like upsell. Yeah, no man. Like it's easy to remove discounts, it's hard to upsell. And I know it's easier to upsell than to new sell, but it's a lot easier to remove a discount than to upsell. Um, it's, especially when somebody's anchored on a cheap price. It
0: just makes so much sense when you think about it, right? Like, so if you give an 80% discount, which is quite significant, it's like, so it's like, hey, you had a huge discount for the past six months. And now that's going to go away because I work really hard to like make all this stuff for you compared to, yep. hey, it's been six months and uh, I'm going to bump your price 5x. <laughs>
1: How do you feel about that? <laughs> yep. Right. No, exactly. Exactly. Have that price in the first place. And you can tell people, I have asked people, when this gets to that point, would you feel comfortable? Will you feel comfortable paying that price? And just get them to answer then. And if they say no, then you know that you're misaligned on the value prop. Like, wait, you're saying that if it does this, this, and this, it's not worth $99 a month to you? Well then, maybe I shouldn't. I mean, just take that walk away, think about it, and decide what you're going to do next. Because they basically just told you that they're never going to pay the price you want them to. Pay. Yeah, that's 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 a problem. Yeah, it's good. It's good yeah. to know before uh,
0: you start the hard
1: work. Yeah, and you can extend this. You can extend this to other, um, you know, structures like you know, monthly until a certain point, then annual discount until a certain point, then it com- goes away. Um, you know, there's a lot of project fee for now and then you auto roll into a subscription. So I'm not doing project work for the sake of project work. Like you can always put a there out there and then tell them what that's contingent on and just get them to buy into that now, you know, while you're in the hopes and dreams phase and force them to cancel. Yeah. That's the key. I've had people cancel, but it is, you know, it is what it is. Um, At least, you know, that there's a carrot for you at the end and the carrots not going to move. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The key is that while you're selling them anyways, you might as well sell, the whole thing because you that's right that's right yeah you're you're in the mode exactly yeah man so yeah my plan for the pricing right now is literally just um to take you know so it's 20 builds for free and then up to 200 it's 50 bucks a month um it also gives you more projects so like if the, the idea is some people have a lot of projects some people have a lot of builds, but only one project. So you want to have like, I wanted to have two things basically, two barriers. Um, but basically two trip wires. Yeah. So my, my plan right now is basically just to scale that up and just like do a few of them and then like pretty straightforward. So like maybe up to five hundred and up to a thousand or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. and then show that to Patrick and see what he says. Um, but there's uh, a there's a that's there's a, cool. sorry.
1: No, that's cool. The only thing I wanted to interrupt with is, is just, um, I think segmentation doesn't get discussed enough when it comes to the tiers. I think it's really easy to think of, and this is what triggered this is like you saying, you want to have two tripwires or as I call them tripwires, you said barriers like, you know, some people, yours might be different if it's based on like truly the more volume you have, the more you pay, like that's a Mm -hmm. thing. There's also situations where it's like – and I think Apple Apple is the master class on this where they're different, they're different trims, if you will, of the laptops that they sell or the machines they sell or even the iPhones they sell. They're not just based on capacity, right? Or they're not just based on – like sometimes it's counterintuitive. It's like, wait, you're saying that to get the larger hard drive, I have to go up two levels? Like I just want the larger hard drive in the other yeah. one. And they're like, no, we, there's A, B, and C. And if you want the larger hard drive, you have to buy C, yeah. which means you also get to this screen and this screen. And what they're, I think what they've done is they've done segmentation to figure out that like you care enough about that larger hard drive to actually pay not just the incremental cost, but the larger jump. Yeah. And yeah, you're going to get a bunch of other stuff you don't value, but they know because of your segment that like you fit the description of somebody who's willing to pay a lot for that hard drive yeah. space. And if they were, if they were more like Dell or like a build your own PC company, and I know they offer a few modifications, but not always. And this is the trick. Like you'd be like, Oh, you want the new hard drive? Okay, fine. You pay 50 extra dollars for that. I was like, Apple's like, no, you're going to pay $500 for that because you're also going to get the bigger screen. And the- <laughs> so I think segmentation is yeah. just something to keep in mind. is like, you're selling to developers, but there's like so many kinds of developers within developers that yeah you have to just go like oh this this person at a very big agency is going to need this he's going to be willing to pay so much more for yeah. that extra thing so would you say
0: that would one you know, way to think about it yeah. would that be to basically have different plans that it has like not a like the word that comes up to me is like growth rate so basically like with the, there's like a freelancer plan, for example. So with WP Pusher, I have a freelancer uh, agency and big agency plan. And so imagine like the freelancer plan, it's a freelancer. They probably only work on one feature at a time so they don't need like staging sites and multiple like staging sites at one time and stuff like that. So they have, right. you know, they have a, a limited set of features and then they have like a fairly low growth growth rate or like rate that the price goes up when they have more builds but then there's an agency where they have all the advanced features like staging sites and stuff and then so that like their price grows faster than the the freelancer one so like when they add you know 100 more builds maybe it's going to be twice as expensive as when they when the freelancer adds 100 more builds because or something like that because yeah their, yeah, yeah. their that's, builds that's are more the, expensive cuz there are more features yeah. attached to the builds.
1: That's right. Exactly. Like the the unit value is higher and like a good example of this in a, a is Slack. So like Slack and being freemium makes it really interesting. Like on the free tier you can keep growing, but then you can upgrade and like the initial upgrade you think of it as a per user yeah. thing, which is true, but then the each user is more expensive on the different plans. Yeah. So it's like each extra user on one plan is eight bucks. Each extra user on another plan is 13. And you're like, but wait, I'm just getting an extra user. Shouldn't it be plus eight, regardless of what tier I'm on? It's like, no, you're getting more value per user. Therefore per user price is higher. Um, so you could pay a different price for a 25 users. Yeah. Uh, account.
0: That's actually an interesting
1: two different 25 users. accounts have different prices.
0: That yeah. might be a nice way to segment actually. Cause, uh, it's you are basically selling two different products when you're selling branch to a freelancer and an agency, and it's kind of hard to, it's it's hard to find the right price with all the benefits that like it's, and it's easy to feel like for the freelancer that he's paying too much, and it's easy for me to think that yeah. the agencies is paying too
1: little. Now I would, you know, this is it depends how much work you want to do up front and like do the simple thing first i'm a believer in that for sure but like the beautiful thing is when you say you don't want a freelancer to have to become an agency in order to pay nope. you more right and and you know the agency can't become a freelancer suddenly so they're not going to downgrade so you're safe there but yeah but you want growth you want growth within a segment so somebody's not going to change segments probably mm-hmm. So you want growth within a segment, even if he stays there forever, like his account is growing, but then you, so, but then you also want different plans for different segments because you know that they just have a higher willingness to pay right out of the gate because they're solving more valuable problems, et cetera. So I, I think at its best, you have both. And I think they, I'm going to call it a mistake, but like sometimes the horizontal layout of these plans is like, well, someone's born and becomes a customer and then they use it more and they become like a silver customer and then they're a gold customer. It's like, well, but then do they become a platinum customer? You don't have a platinum plan. Like they're, they're kind of done growing. That's a problem. And then when people come in, like where do they start? Do they start with the big one, which is that they really, so I think, I think what I want to do as well is like segment based on customers kind of intrinsic qualities like things that aren't going to change much and then grow the accounts from within those and sure if a freelancer leaves and joins an agency maybe he does pop up you know he pops up elsewhere as an agency customer suddenly but like that's a different thing so yeah um segmentation is just the thing i would encourage you to think about within the developer space and i think you already are so
0: yeah not as much as i am now (laughs) so i'm glad i brought it up
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 i mean and, and this is what apple does so well it's like i come to it and they're like they know somehow they've done their research and they know like, Oh, you're buying this iMac because you have kids and they're going to use this. And so you need the big screen because whatever the reason is like, they know that. And like suddenly I like, I have to choose between getting, you know, they're going to get features they don't value, but then to get the one I really value, I have to pay the price. And like, they just, they just maximize their take, you know, they're really good at that. And we, we claim we hate that, but the reality is we all envy their ability.
0: Yeah. He's a smart guy, Tim Apple. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He came to Austin. This oh morning. yeah. I saw him. <laughs> it was a
0: very special day. Uh,
1: yeah. <clears throat> Ste- steering clear of that. Um, cool. Yeah, man.
0: Well, thank you for chat. the pricing advice. Um, let's uh, sure. wrap this up. I need to go okay. drive around in my new car that I just picked up before we started recording.
1: That's great, man. Congrats. Go tear it up. Yeah. Got to get some miles
0: on it. Well. That's good. All right. Awesome, man. Talk to you later. (laughs) Bye. See you, man. Bye.